to another episode of Records Revisited, a podcast dedicated to the magic of music. I'm your DJ, your MC, the host on the East Coast. I am Ben Montgomery. Joining me is the man who knew he was wrong when he said it was true, that it couldn't be him and be her in between without you. Here's my co-host from the left coast. Here's Wayne Fugate. Uh, hola, Ben. I mean, so the premise of our podcast, fairly simple. We talk about music and we've got a good one that both of us, I think, are very passionate about. But as we do at the beginning of each podcast, I have to ask the all important question. What T-shirt are you wearing? I'm wearing the uh, Cure Pornography album uh, T-shirt. I just recently got off Amazon. Uh, pornography T-shirt. Can you be seen in public with that? <laughs> I, there's a disclaimer. Per, parental advisory. <laughs> Explicit. Uh, all right. So I am wearing simply three. Uh, thank you to Nicholas for sending me a T-shirt in advance. And uh, I'm just getting ready for our episode for next week when Nicholas Villalobos from Simply Three is going to talk with us about their most recent album. So I'm uh, very much looking forward to that. And I think that that's, this is just really going to show how eclectic you and I are with our musical taste, because last week we did Led Zeppelin. This week we're doing The Cure. And then next week we are doing a string trio called Simply Three. Now, granted, they do a lot of uh, covers of very popular songs, but I, I would say kudos to us for um, our eclecticism. Is that is that the word? Uh, did you air quote it? Uh, no, that one I actually <laughs> didn't air quote because it was more of a question mark. Um, and I'm not sure how to do the question mark with my fingers. So, um, all right. I, th- I, I like it. If it isn't a word, it should be. Yes. Eclecticism. Yeah, somebody can write in and tell me if uh, we just made up our own word or if that is actually a real word. All right. So for this episode, we are going to listen to a classic record. We rank the songs of that album. Each ranking is assigned points based on the number of songs on the album. For instance, today, today's record has 10 songs. So, Wayne, how many points would our favorite song on the record receive? Big fat 10. The 10. This episode focuses on the 1985 release, The Head on the Door, by the newest members of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, The Cure. So I'm I'm looking at the the the, the notes that you provided. So this week I gave Wayne an assignment. I said, you do the research on this. This was your pick. So he sent me over the notes and then I said, okay, you, you ready to present this? And what was your response to me? I'm, I'm the co-host. I'm not the host. I didn't, uh, I wasn't prepared I know, for that. I was trying to put a little pressure on you. You keep saying, I don't want to just be considered your, your wingman. I want to be considered the co-host. So I'm like, all right, well, hosts present their research materials. I, I, I'm just fine with wingman. I don't I think there's some sort of misunderstanding. You know what happens to wingman though? I'm the I'm the I color know, guy. What happens to wingman? What happened to Goose? <laughs> First of all, he was a rear. And then you lose the rear all the time. <clears throat> well, okay. Wingman was Iceman. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, 
And if any indication of what happened to Val Kilmer, I'm going to get exorbitantly fat. <laughs> and you're going to get really weird. Oh, I think that ship might have sailed, buddy. Yeah, well, I'll be your Huckleberry. So, so let me uh, let me do some some paraphrasing of the research material you provided to me. The cure formed in England in 1976, initially called Easy Cure. Is it the Easy Cure or Easy Cure? Everything I read just said Easy Cure. Okay, so that was uh, after a song written by drummer Lal Tolhurst. Band included Robert Smith, of course, who is uh, the vocals and plays guitar. Lol Tor, why can I not say his name? Lol Tolhurst, who plays drums. Uh, Pearl Thompson. See, that's what that's what was screwing me up. I was looking at Pearl and Lol, and I'm like, okay, certain certainly there's a proper name in there between the two of them somewhere. Um, and then Mick Dempsey, who was the bassist, um, but I don't I don't know him as the bassist because you know my boy is Simon. Um, that's the bassist that I know of. All right. We already talked about some of the, the, the info from our January 45 episode, um, about the uh, German record label that originally signed them Hansa in Germany. They wanted nothing to do with killing an Arab. Um, so they released the band of their contractual obligations in 1978. Porl was then dropped from the lineup. Um, and I remember reading that he went back to school. I think that that was part of the reason why he was dropped from the lineup. And then the remaining trio became The Cure. They signed with Chris Perry's Fiction. Was it Fiction or Friction? I thought it was Friction. Oh, I thought it was Fiction. Okay. Well, all right. Either way. Um, signed to Chris Perry's label. We'll just say, we'll just call it that from from going forward. So I'm going to Google. <laughs> their debut album, Three Imaginary Boys, was released in May of '79. Uh, the band then set out on a UK tour as an opening act for Sushi and the Banshees. And er- uh, did you, did, you, did you just say sushi? Uh, no, I said shusi. <laughs> <laughs> now I can't even pronounce it. I am having. Uh, I'm blaming it on your, on your research. Um, let's top notch research. Let's not. <laughs> so, so, so tell me about the, uh, the, the touring with the Banshees. Yeah. I know it had a big effect on Robert Smith. Um, because also at one point the John McKay, I believe was the guitarist yeah. left the Banshees and he, he played uh, double duty during a lot of that tour. He'd play with the, he'd play the cure set and then he'd stay on and play guitar during the Susie and the Banshee set. And uh, it, he said it uh, it affected the songs he wrote after that. Yep. So in late 79, Dempsey was dropped, um, apparently because of some material Smith that had, had written for the next album that Dempsey didn't like. So he was replaced by Simon Gallup. And uh, he also brought in a keyboard player. How do you say that? Um, M- Matthew is it Matt is it just Matthew yeah I think it's just fancy yeah, Matthew. Well, I'm not German apparently um and I think that would be French <laughs> uh I'm so I'm so American oh my gosh um and so the 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 band finally released Boys Don't Cry that was essentially a repackaged version of three imaginary boys in America you know eventually we get to the point where 
we're now at Head on the Door. So I'm re- I'm skipping ahead. Oh, absolutely. And I, 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 you know what? I left the information there for you to choose. If you had studied it a little better, maybe you wouldn't have had to fumble. You know, I, like I, see what, I see what I was worried about. <laughs> you just made my point. That's all. Which was that I'm not ready for this. Uh, well, obviously I'm not ready for this because <laughs> yeah. I I asked you to do the research. You gave me the research, and then I just completely botched that intro. So um, just shows how. Uh, how, how much we're amateurs at this. Let's keep, let's fast forward ahead on the door. And the reason why I'm saying let's get, let's just fast forward ahead on the door. One of these days we'll probably do 17 seconds. We'll probably do faith. I love both of those albums as well. I'm sure somewhere down the road, we're going to start running out of material and we'll, we'll, we will dig out some of the, uh, the, the lesser known, uh, Cure album. So um, I'm sure once we get through this, once we get through Disintegration, once we get through Wish, what am I missing on that, uh, on, on all of those great albums? Uh, kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me. Yeah. Um, well, I think three, three Imaginary Boys or, well, we're American, so we'd have to do Boys Don't Cry. Uh, yeah, we'd have to do Boys Don't Cry. I will tell you what we will not be doing. Wild Mood Swings, we will not be doing that. <laughs> Uh, I would yeah, I would say after Wish, it got it got a little hit or miss. There's always something on there that I really love off of every album, but as the albums as a total, like a like this one, I know uh, Disintegration and Wish are top to bottom. I mean, they're solid. This one for sure. And and I do like I do like a lot of songs off of Blood Flowers, which was what two thousand, I think. It's not a not a bad album, but when you've when you've set yourself up for such high standards with this album and disintegration, you know it's. I think for us fans, we're always going to compare to those those albums that really struck a struck a chord for us, and this this really struck a chord for me, um, and I know it did for you, so. You know we we talked at at length about why you chose this but share share with the listeners why you decided to go with this album as opposed to one of the other ones that we just named you know and originally it was it was based on um the singles which were so strong but it also when you when you listen to it or um it this was kind of the this this is kind of a bridge between those early gloomier dark you know, kind of where they got the goth title hung on them. And then after this, you know, where you get Kiss Me, Kiss Me, Kiss Me and Disintegration and Wish, this is the bridge in between that. There's a there's several, there's probably three or four songs on here who could have been on any of the first three or four Cure albums. And then there's songs that you can see were the springboard into some of, of, the, of the songs that more people know um, because they did give them a wider audience. This was more accessible, less gloomy. And it brought also brought them to America. This was the their first like Billboard 200 you know album. Yeah, so this was this reached 59 on the Billboard 200, reached the top 10 in Australia and the Netherlands. Um, and I know that it was 
I don't I don't think you gave me info on how high the album reached in the UK, but I'm sure and I don't I think I think everything they did in the UK, I mean they were a big UK band. I mean all their stuff even from the very beginning was getting high up into the top ten yeah. in the UK. Robert Smith credits Sushi and the Banshees uh album Kaleidoscope. You did, said did, sushi did, this did, time. Did I, I know. I, all was right. well, I don't I don't care. <laughs> Um, as well as the Human League's Dare as inspiration, which um, I don't, I don't, I don't hear the the Dare inspiration on on these songs. Yeah, I don't, I don't really, um, I don't really see that. We skipped a whole bunch of albums, so there was a bunch of albums where um, Simon Gallup left the band, and this is most importantly for me. This is the return of Simon to the lineup. And um, yeah, I'm probably going to gush over a couple of the bass riffs on this, on this album. Yeah. And I, and only pro- maybe slightly more than me. I'd like to say, I think you asked the question during the 45 episode of who's going to get in the lineup that'll get inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame. And I'm telling you, it's this lineup right here. This, this is where they started. Uh, you know, what have we named four albums yeah. in a row? That really defined who they were and how this is done. It was the, uh, Simon Gallup, Pearl Thompson, Lowell Tolhurst, Boris Williams, and uh, Robert Solid. Smith. All right, let's jump into the album. So our first song on the album, the first single off the album, is In Between Days. So uh, give me give me some thoughts about in between days. Well, and you know what? I almost I, I saved it from your earlier question, but he doesn't mention that he was uh, influenced by New Order. But when the drums and the keyboards start on the beginning of this song, absolutely, it sounds like a New Order song. Yep. Um, and even I actually was got to thinking because clearly in the chorus this is a love triangle, but it sounds like a pretty standard love triangle. So it's if it would have a- been a bizarre, yeah, if it was a bizarre love triangle. That would have just that would have just topped it off. Right. But the the acoustic guitar, um, Boris Smith is just beating this thing down. This is just a great. I mean, Robert Smith and his and all his set infinite gloomy and mopiness can't bring the beat down on this. This thing is just is just fun. Yep. And this was the this was their first song to chart in the U.S. Any idea what number it peaked on the Billboard Hot 100 Singles chart? I believe it was 99. Number 99. All right. So you did re- you did some research, Ben. Fantastic. Uh, it it did hit number 15 on the UK chart, though. And um, yeah, this was uh, this was. I think this was more of an introduction to the US um, to the US listening audience than any of the 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 previous albums um i know that uh, you know boys don't cry was kind of an 
Nah, you know what it was? And it comes up later and I got some notes. Okay. Um, there's a song that reminds me of Let's Go to Bed. And I don't care what anybody says. Let's Go to Bed is ground zero for the cure in America. Okay. We saw the video. We, you know, yes, they were still underground. There was no alternative music. It was all, you know, I don't know where people were hearing it, but nobody heard, you know, not especially not, not in the uh, great city of Parkland. We didn't hear anything until Let's Go to Bed. Well, you had to... Uh... You definitely had to get the foil, aluminum foil out and attach that to your stereo in order to get, what was it, K-Jet? K-Jet. I was going to say, that's yeah. probably the only radio station that played Cure prior to uh, well, this album. K- KYY- and even this album. KYYX may have played some of it during their short, uh, short life before they went a couple different formats, but... The other way would have been uh, 120 minutes into the future on MTV. Yeah, well, that came that came a few years later. Yep. Super long intro to the song, not quite as long as uh, "Sweet Child of Mine," of course, but it does take about 50 seconds to uh, to get Robert Smith singing. Um, it's not quite as long as the last song on the album. We'll talk about that later on in the episode. Um, did you did you by chance tr- go out and listen to a few of the covers? that uh, have been made for in between days the one and i haven't heard it in a few years but i actually bought the uh electra records 40th anniversary uh double cd that had uh i think i want to say his name was eddie john eddie john eddie did a cover of it on that um and that's the only one i've heard um all right so i will tell you the the ones to to look up i will tell you the ones to avoid so corn did a version of one of their songs that had robert smith singing this particular song in the background it's awful i couldn't even finish the song because i hate corn so um skip that one the kim wilde version awful definitely do not google that one but the ben folds version of this that he, you know, he does on the piano, dig it. Definitely go check that one out. And then this song was actually done by the, I don't know. Do you, do you call face to face? Do you call them a punk band or just an alternative band? I've never thought of them as punk, but yeah, well, they're the, the, that kind of pseudo proto, whatever you call it. Um, good Charlotte type punk. Um, and that's uh, featured in the film "Not Another Teen Movie," and uh, it's actually not—it's not a bad—it's not a bad version. Um, all right, let's talk B sides to this particular song because you and I both—one of our big introductions to the Cure was "Standing on the Beach," and the uh, the UK seven-inch single. Uh, the B-side for that was The Exploding Boy. And if that song would have made it onto Head on the Door, where would that have landed on your scoring? Uh, I, you know what? I, the songs that I love off this, I don't, I can't see it getting higher than my fourth, third. Yeah, it would. It probably would have been my third favorite song on this album. I don't understand why it didn't make the album. I, I've listened. I've listened to it a couple of times this week. 
And I feel like it really could have, it really could have been a part of the album. It's, it's that solid. UK 12 inch included Exploding Boy, but it also included a few hours after this, which is just okay. The US 7 inch, though, had completely different songs. It had Stop Dead, also a great song. Um, but I think that if that song would have made it onto the album, it probably would have been my eighth or ninth or tenth favorite song. It's okay, it's, it's not a bad song. All right, now that we've talked about all of the other um, the, the other songs that are related to this, I just wanted to bring up one other thing. So I did do a little research, not much for, for this episode since this was your pick, but there is a whole section on Wikipedia devoted to the spacing and the punctuation <laughs> of the title of this song. Yes, stylized. And all the different places that it's been and how it's been done. Like three paragraphs of that crap. Um, and I'm not even going to, <laughs> I'm not even going to read any of it over this episode. So if you're really interested on punctuation and spacing, there you go. Go look at Wikipedia for in between days. And you may not want to put a space between in and between um, in order to find it. So, all right, let's go to scoring. What do you got for uh, in between days? Uh, this is my, this gets to number eight. It's my third favorite song. Okay. All right. This is, uh, it's my second favorite. So this gets, uh, this gets a nine. All right. Moving on to Kyoto song. Going back to our 45 episode where we did uh, analysis on killing an Arab, the band is using, you know, the, uh, the, their instruments to help with the imagery of, you know, where this particular song is supposed to be, uh, be located geographically. This contains an Oriental hook where while the next song, the blood is going to be played in, you know, a flamenco style. Um, very, very, very similar to killing an Arab, you know, invoking the mood about instrumentation. Um, 
What 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 do you have to say about Kyoto song? Um, this is definitely one that could have been on an earlier Cure uh, album. It's definitely a little darker, um, kind of hanging gardenish. Um, I expected based on the title that it would be a lot more of that of that Japanese kind of string instrument, like like uh, like on Susie and the ba- Susie and the Banshees, uh, Hong Kong Garden. But all in all, I mean, the song kind of gets this kind of feel like uh like it reminded me of lullaby from disintegration okay i could see that it it made me think of the walk especially when uh you know he says it like a like a japanese baby (laughs) here we go um all right so let's let's do some interpretation of the lyrics because i really don't know what this song is about and trying to find any any real real meaning off of song meetings for forget about it. So what is he referring to when he sings that it looks good? It tastes like nothing on earth. It's so smooth. It even feels like skin. What, what, what is he talking about? Is he, is this another one of these um, Robert Smith sex songs? Uh, if, if rivers Cuomo would have wrote this song, it'd be called pink triangle triangles. So it's a song about Gina. All right. <laughs> the Vag. Anything else you want to talk about on uh, Kyoto? Uh, you know what? I originally went into it the first couple of listens. I wasn't a huge fan, but by the by the end of the week, I I, I doesn't have a high score. I give it a two, but it's still it's a it, you know it's a good song. I I I enjoyed listening to it. All right. I gave it a much higher score than you. I gave it a seven. Whoa. It's, you know, it's just one of those infectious songs. You can once you get done listening to it, all I can hear is. That's and that's stuck in my head. I don't know. Maybe, maybe because it's, it was stuck in my head for a good part of the last week. Maybe that's why I'm giving it a, a higher score, but all right, moving on. Let's go to the blood. This is a third track. Alright, start us off. Tell me what uh, tell me what this song is about. I think it's about getting drunk on uh, Portuguese red wine. I mean, it's the definitely uh, uh, a unique take, like you had said earlier. They're trying to capture the vision of something and using the instruments to do so. It's got the castanets and the Spanish guitar. I could almost just see John Turturro just doing the flamenco. <laughs> is it? But but then it kind of weaves into what is it is it egyptian styling is that moroccan what i mean what what is the i felt it i felt it stayed pretty i mean it's it's got a very uh a very flamenco a very spanish uh feel to it you know with the guitar particularly uh, this is one of the few songs where the guitar or a guitar is highlighted so he talks about in the song that he's paralyzed by the blood of christ is that just kind of going back to his his Catholic upbringing, where 
it's not so much that he's paralyzed by the religion of it. Is it, uh, do we, do we read into that, that he's just kind of looking at the blood of Christ being wine or. Yeah. Well, actually that's, it's actually a Portuguese red wine. I read, I actually saw that in a couple of different, uh, on a different, okay. a couple different pages. And I was looking up this, that's why I'm saying he's paralyzed. He's hammered. So I must've changed my scoring on this 20 times over the week. Originally I had it much higher. I ended up, I ended up at four for this. And if you ask me next week, it probably will get an eight, but for today I'm giving it a four. Uh, and it's a pair of fours. I don't, I can't see it getting that high of a score just cause there's, there's three songs on here that I just absolutely love. In fact, you know what I would it's, there's even more. There's five songs on here that I absolutely love that I couldn't see it getting back past those. Okay. But, uh, but Parafors. Right, Parafors. Speaking of four, here's the fourth song on the album. This is Six Different Ways. Six different ways, a reference to the six different ways that they try to start the song. I I read two different things. One, I heard that uh, Robert Smith had, had posted something on a fanzine about it being about multiple having multiple personalities, and I also read something about them being in the studio and he him saying that they would just get into these weird conversations. And one of the conversations was how really how many ways are there to skin a cat, and they came up with six different ways. <laughs> All right, but I will say this: this song is the new Omaha. I I can't recall if I've ever listened to this album beginning to end prior, but this is the this is the hidden hidden gem. This would get the Gino Award. I I absolutely love this song. You're gonna totally hate me then. This is my because this is <laughs> this is my least favorite song on the album, just because it's very schizophrenic. I think that that. If they would have maybe just stopped with, you know, one route of the playing on this song, I just feel like there's way too many things going on in this song. And for me, it just doesn't totally work. I, I did want to say that there's one little part of the song that kind of sounded like the start of like cockatoos. And, I, and I'm wondering if they took that particular little sound bite and ran with it for their next album. So I thought that that was kind of interesting. I did listen to Like Cockatoos. Um, and it, I really think that they stole that little little piece uh, for for that subsequent song. Which which is fine if you're stealing from yourself. Uh, it's unlike, you know, our last episode where Jimmy... <laughs> Jimmy Page. I, I believe Jimmy Page says that he wrote uh, Six Different Ways. <laughs> You probably did. Uh, all right. So I'm looking at the lyrics now. So you're talking about the six different ways to skin the cat. 
Um, so it's six different ways inside my heart and everyone I'll keep tonight. Six different ways go deep inside. I'll tell them anything at all. I have no idea what he's saying in that. And neither do I, but I loved it. Like I say, I think uh, there's just a lot of elements. I could have swore I heard a triangle um, at one point. Um, the piano is this one has a, a nice a piano riff in it that that really works. And then the drum Boris is just killing it. Um, so again, I'm going with uh, with the one. So what you got? What you got on this one? I give it a nine. Wow! All right. You really did like that song. Moving on. Last song on side A. This is Bush. six years too early because this song this song to me sounds like a song that would be on wish i actually i'm listening to this um one of the things i wrote down in here is without push there would be no just like heaven like this is definitely um you can see the beginnings of that of those kind of songs friday i'm in love yeah just like heaven um, they come. They come out of this song. The only thing not pop about this song is the two plus minute right, intro. Right, and that's not even the one I was referencing to earlier. Oh no, know I know. I I know exactly about. which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So, but this is finally this. This is the first song on the album. With, yeah, you're gonna with some guitar. You're gonna have to try a little harder. Slash with your you know minute and fourteen second guitar solo at the beginning. You're gonna have to try a little harder. I didn't really write a whole lot of of uh, notes on this. I I did I did look at the lyrics on this, and I'm like, what in the world are you talking about, Robert? So, smear this man across the walls like strawberries and cream. It's the only way to be. What in the world is he talking about? You know, I know it was written on a train ride. Um, and there's some there's some lyrics that reference that, uh, but I, I agree with you. I don't All have right. any idea what he's talking about. It's funny is I, I can't try. I I've read I read a little bit about him, and so I don't know if 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 uh, his wife was stepping out on him or what because he married his high school sweetheart. He's known her since they were like yeah. he was 14, but it definitely kind of has a uh, something to that effect. It feels like another love triangle not not as bizarre as the first one not a bizarre one right yeah pretty standard pretty standard right. love triangle i'm giving this a three. Oh, i love this song i gave this a seven wow 
Okay. All right, let's uh let's flip the flip the record over. And uh, so we're on side B. Here is the first song off of side B. This is the baby screams. reminds me of the walk does it not this song reminds me of let's go to bed um it definitely has a new order feel to it also just like uh, like in between days um but it has this crazy um like it just it just feels like something that should be played at a rave with just like in um, with strobe lights flashing and it's like a, it's almost like a dance mix for me it it reminds me a lot of the walk which was released as a single and that was a standalone single after the pornography tour. The song just doesn't have quite the impact as the walk. Um, Doesn't have the infectious keyboard part of the walk, but still a good song. Um, This was one I didn't, I didn't pull up the lyrics on this one. Uh, Anything about why the baby is screaming. Well, he never had children, so I don't, I don't know what reference he, what, what point of reference he would have to baby screaming, but it's no fun. I know that. Maybe he didn't have kids because of screaming babies. Uh, it would have stopped me. I wish I'd have heard it earlier. <laughs> All right, uh, what's what's your score on this? I give this a three. Like I say, I I do enjoy the song. There was, I. I could listen to this album all the way through over and over again. Um, but this was, this is this down on the list. Yeah. I think we're, we're pretty closely aligned on this. I, I gave this a, uh, I gave this a, a two. Um, so still a good song, but um, not one of the top songs. All right. Moving on to the second single of the album. This is close to me. Like I said, this was the second single off of the album. Uh, it charted at 24 in the UK, but did not chart in the US. However, it was remixed in 1994, their album Mixed Up. And the remix was released as a single, peaking at number 13 on the UK singles chart. 
did reach number 97 on the U.S. Hot 100 in 91. Um, you familiar with the website Slicing Up Eyeballs? I have heard it referenced. I've, I've never gone to the website. You you need to go check out the website. It's uh, the uh, the curator of that particular website now does a goth show on Sirius XM. And a few years ago, he put out the uh, the Cure's top ninety eight songs. Why it was ninety eight, I don't I don't know. Um, but uh, he put a poll out on the website and allowed people to go out and um, you know say what their favorite songs were. This was the highest charting song off of this album. Um, it it reached number 11 on the readers poll. What I thought was interesting was five of the top 10 were disintegration songs. And what do you think the top song as voted on by cure fans was pictures of you was not was the same deep Uh, water as you. So there are definitely that's that's just that's pretension. That's just trying to show that they're cure fans by 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 picking a song that no one else would know. Uh, That that song would probably make my top 20. It might might make my top 50, but I don't know about top 20. What do you think was the second song on the reader's poll? So take take let's take out the pretentious. I'm I'm gonna say if the top did you say the top five songs were all five of the top ten were I'm gonna put lullaby. The second song was a forest. Okay. You 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 can be okay with that? That's a that's a great song. I don't know that it's number two for me. I mean, I guess and I'm not British and I don't wear black lipstick, so maybe I'm they wouldn't want my opinion anyway. Right. They would look at you and go, poser. Yeah. Better hope yeah. we don't get in a fist fight. That's all. All right. B side on this particular one is Man Inside My Mouth. If uh that was actually on the album, where would that stack up? Like I say, I had the songs at the top. I'm gonna put this at, I'd put that one at five. And well, unless yeah. exploding boy, then I'd have to drop I might have to drop it down. Yeah, I couldn't put that above baby screams and I gave that a two. So yeah, <laughs> it would it would be definitely bottom three there. All right. Um you're probably going to, to you're probably going to ridicule me for the score that I'm giving close to me. I let me tell you the reason why it's it's not higher. So I'm giving this a five, and I'll tell you why it's not higher. Is because I like other versions of this song better than this particular album version. There's something about the Robert Smith especially if you're if you're listening to the song with headphones there's something about robert smith breathing in the background that just creeps me out a little bit so there are some other there are some other versions that i like better in fact the uh the deluxe version of this this album there is a demo version of this song 
I like the demo version better of this song. And if the demo version would have made it onto the record, this would probably be my second favorite song on the album. Well, I just wish someone was slicing up your eyeball right now. <laughs> so, so I gave you my score. What is your score? This is a 10. This is, this, this song is, is uh, from everything from the hand clap to Simon Gallup playing a bass, like a lead guitar. Uh, there's something in Robert Smith's voice is so he's just dripping with anticipation. Um, I love the horns, the horns on the single mix, and yes, uh, but I I don't need them. They come in late, and it's they're great. I mean, like I've said on an earlier podcast, horns make everything better. But I don't I don't miss them because I this and I know a lot of it. This was a great video, by the way. This is one of their early videos with Tim Pope, and I actually watched a YouTube video on making uh, the making of this video. Uh, which was really interesting too. And I can say that that heavy breathing inspired him to, to go with that whole claustrophobic, the whole band inside the wardrobe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this song, I, I just absolutely love this. The song. video is great. Go, go back to your horn comment. Say that one more time. Horns make everything. Better. Yeah. Didn't save. Uh, can't hardly wait. <laughs> wow. Well, they made it better. They just, well, Look, it got it got sacred count. I don't know what you want. You make up crazy rules, they get used against you, then you don't like it. Stop making up crazy rules. I will I will I will never forgive you for sacred cowing can't hardly wait. <laughs> well like I can say, don't hate the player, hate yeah, the game. Well kiss my butt. All right. Um, <laughs> next song is uh, a night like this. What do you want to say about a night like this before I start rambling? Uh, do you got a blowhardy diatribe waiting? No, not not horrible, but I, I do have some. some All right, I do have well, some then comments. Uh, definitely a throwback. Uh, much much definitely has kind of a an earlier Cure sound to it. Um, I did read the lyrics after after kind of hearing it in headphones a couple of times, and it's it's straight out of a John Hughes movie. This song could have been blasted out of uh, Lloyd Dobler's boombox. And uh, it's also, it's got a sax solo that rivals careless whisper. Uh, I was, that's part of my long diatribe. Uh, I was like, uh, you know, there is, there's a version on the cure in orange, which has a guitar solo instead of the sax part. And it's good. It's a good version, but I love me some 80 sax and this is some good 80 sax. So I'm, I'm right there with you with uh, 
with the careless whisper <laughs> comment. Um, also, if you're if you can get the uh, the catch twelve inch single from nineteen eighty seven, there is a live version on that, um, and it's got a, a kind of a similar mix than the, the, that uh, you would find on the Kieran Orange. Also, a really really good version. And I'm with you. I, I did look at the lyrics on this one as well. And yeah, there is the, there's definitely some teenage um, love longing uh, in this, you know, where he's, he's saying it goes dark, it goes darker still, please stay. And I watch you like I'm made of stone as you walk away. I mean, um, you know, I'm, I'm starting to hear OMD singing if you leave right right now um but and i know you're probably going to completely ridicule me for this but this is my favorite song on the album i love this song um so i'm i'm giving this a 10 i gave it a six and i don't i mean this is this is just a great album i could have um yeah I, I can did, see that. Did we hear this one live in '93? Ooh, I, I, I'm '92. I'm, was it '92? It was '92, June 92. of '92. Yes, I believe it was on the set list. But like I say, I, I looking at that set list, I know it's not complete. Yeah, great song, great song. Um, all right, moving on. This is Screw. possibly the i mean i know the blood was unique but this this almost doesn't even sound like a cure song it's uh it's not in a bad way i mean it's got that it's like i think flea is playing the bass uh in the beginning so, uh, and then it just it reminds me i a little bit i think of oingo boingo it's just got a super funky feel to it it's just odd and it just doesn't i love it i really enjoyed the song i gave it a five but I didn't, I just, it's, it's so, it's just an odd choice and an odd arrangement for them. It just, uh, but I loved it. Yeah. I love it too. Um, I love that crunchy, the crunchy guitar sound at the beginning. And that hooks me every time I listen to it. So um, this was one that I went back I must have changed the score on this a zillion times as well. I, I finally settled on an eight for this and um, yeah, it's fantastic song. What, what, uh, what score are you giving this? I gave it a five. Okay. You actually told me that and I just didn't pay attention. Um, That's all right. All right. 
Last but not least, this is the the song Sinking. for Robert to start singing. And this is a song I could definitely see being on Disintegration. Um, I do love kind of the that booming orchestral keys that are going on in the background. And this is another song that I think I changed the scoring on at least a dozen times. Originally, I had given this a three, then it changed to a four, and then I listened to it a few more times. And I finally settled on a six for this probably because of my love of disintegration that's that's probably my favorite cure cure album of all time um so i think that i'm kind of leaning towards the giving a, a little bit higher score because it does it does lend itself well to where the band is going to 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 go in a couple albums well, then here's my revenge because I gave this a one. While I while I do like it, and it does, I definitely know what you're talking about with that real atmospheric synth that's going on, kind of you know giving it this you know dark night, and the, the lyrics are a lot uh, much more gloomier. Um, but I get that, like I say, it has, and I once again I enjoyed the song. I I I had a couple scores written down. And I'm like I'm I'm gonna I. I feel like Netta. Like, what? What? Where's my one? What do I? Something's got to get a one. And uh, of all the songs on it, I could, I, I, I couldn't do without any of these songs on it. I think this, the way they, uh, we've talked about some of the B sides. I think they, they, they did a great job arranging this album. Like I say, something had to get a one, and this yeah. is it. I, I, and I wonder. Going back to the B side conversation, I wonder if they just all came in with a whole bunch of different demos and were like, here it is. And I wonder if they did the same thing with kiss me, kiss me, kiss me. And then they were like, we have way too many good songs on this. We're doing a double album. Yeah. I don't, I get the impression that nobody else gets to write songs besides Robert Smith. I don't, I think, I don't think you, I think you show up and he starts handing out demos. This is what I've, this is what I've recorded. (laughs) And I, you know what? You can't argue with success, so I'm sure they're fine with it, too. I'm sure they're all right with it. All right. Any other final thoughts before we uh, we tally this up? Yeah. No, I mean, I think the word that I read in a lot of different articles was, you know, pop. And they 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 hung that on certain Cure songs. And uh, I don't I, I think he just makes they just make amazing songs. And him in particular, as far as being the, the guy who writes them. Uh, I don't. I think pop has come around to them on occasion, but I don't. I really don't feel like they've gone to pop. Okay. Any idea what our uh, 
our top song is in between days yeah it is um that is a uh average score of 8.5 the other top song actually let me ask you what do you think number two is close to me that is the third that gives us gets a 7.5 night like this gets an eight probably because of my my 10 and then screw gets a 6.5 that's our fourth highest song and then we've got a uh a tie for fifth which is uh six different ways and push and that's mostly because of your ranking on those because uh those were those were in my bottom three you know what this is it's america you're allowed to have your opinion it doesn't make it right yeah, or good. We're going to make the podcast great again. <laughs> uh, when wasn't it great? Next, uh, <laughs> did you listen to the intro on this this episode? All right. Fair, fair enough. Yeah. All right. For our next episode, we're not necessarily revisiting a record. So we're going to have special guest Nicholas Lobos from Simply Three. We're going to go through volume four of Simply Three. So I'm I'm really looking forward to uh, to having that conversation. And well, well, we're gonna have we're gonna start branching out and having more conversations with musicians and um, other other fans of of music. And um, I won't I won't do any spoiler alerts yet because I'm still working out the details on a couple of those items. So, well, it's been a pleasure revisiting with you. Oh, as it has been with you. So everyone, thanks for listening. Please go support the arts. Go to a live show, buy a t-shirt of the band, buy a record, visit a record store, and not just on record store day. We are records revisited, and we are out.